Hello, I'm Rabbi Iggy, and welcome to Tattoos and Torah. Hello, welcome to another episode of Tattoos and Torah. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rabbi Iggy out of the Truva Center. Today, I would like to talk about independence. What does independence mean to you? When we talk about it, what comes to your mind when we mention independence, when we think about independence, personal independence, national independence? Many things come to my mind. So I'd like to take a look at some of the things that come to mind and perhaps create some order in order to find our own path of independence. Many of us seek independence, but it's hard to figure out exactly what that means and how does that look like and what we can do to help us get there. So when we think about independence, some people say that it's not needing maybe to answer to somebody else. Our ability to determine our own schedule, our values, our priorities. For others, perhaps it means that you are self-reliant, that you are able to stand alone, stand by yourself. For some, it's tied to money, of course, the ability to live alone, pay the bills, even thrive, of course, we'll talk about that too, living a fulfilling and sustainable life. For some, of course, it represents only doing what we want to do, be able to say no to whatever we don't feel like doing. For some, perhaps even just saying no. For others, not needing anyone's permission to do or say what we want, to live our lives on our own terms is another element of independence. And for some, of course, it means not being a victim anymore. Perhaps stopping to be an actual victim of somebody else's abuse. Sometimes it's deciding that what's happened to us has harmed us even after it for enough time and we have to change what we need to do to stop feeling the same victimhood that we have and for some that means to be strong to perhaps be free as in many things independence starts for me with a clean and sober look at your lives it starts with a tally an inventory of where we are that's very important I want to start with something I've learned from the book, The Ethics of Our Fathers, Pirkei Avot, a very ancient book of the Mishnah, that says, right, Im li mili, maani, lo If I am not for me, who will be for me? If I am only for myself, what am I? And if not now, then when? So how do we do that? How do we figure out how to know who I am, what I am to myself? Are there others for me? And can I take this moment, this very moment, to change myself, to find more independence, or to find more strength where I thought maybe there was none? How do we do that? I'd like to start with personal inventory. I want us to look at the things that truly matter to us the most, 
even things that perhaps we are ashamed to admit it or ashamed to admit some of them. What is important to you? Is it sex, relationships, finance and power, health, happiness, family and friends? A lot of people say, of course, we're all of it. But we can't care about all of it at the same measure. Some of these things are more important than others. And it's okay to admit that. As always, our ability to be honest with ourselves and our ability to not just admit the things that we are proud of or things that are seemingly acceptable in society to be proud of, things that we should be striving for, but also things that perhaps we really want or are important to us, but in society they might seem as not as important or not as quote-unquote good. So I want you to write these down and write these areas which you would like to improve on. You can make a list of all these things. Sex, relationship, finance, family, friends, connections, whatever it is. And you can put a value to it. One to ten. And if you do that, do, do it for all of them. And see, how do you fare? How are they important? That will tell you what you need to do. And that will start informing you what is important to you and how to address those things. It's because sometimes that we don't address the things that we really care about, that we build resentments because we try and be good and it doesn't work. And one of the first steps to independence is really understanding what we want. It might not mean we might always get it, but being honest with ourselves is very important. As always, and like I just said, it's very important, crucial that you are honest. Nobody's going to see this list. Nobody's going to see this piece of paper. You have to be honest. We tell ourselves lies all day long. Now is not the time for that. By being honest, we are able to uncover our motivation and begin the process of accepting all the parts of ourselves, which is one of the major elements of the things that keep us back, that don't give us enough chances to see our own independence. Next, I want you to think about the routine of your daily life. I want you to think about the ways that you build your day to day. That's going to start a process that allows you to both reflect and create a rhythm for your life. Independence has a lot to do with the structures that we build around your life. I often talk about the importance of journaling, the importance of writing things down. This is very, very important in my opinion. And there are multiple ways to do it, of course. The way that I would suggest is to start with a short journal before bedtime, before going to sleep, in fact, and a short journal when we wake up. What do you say? So firstly, I think that when you pick up your piece of paper before you go to bed, I want you to write three great things, three amazing things, three good things that happened to you today. What did you do today that you were happy with? What are the good things that happened today? Now, it doesn't have to be major events, but you have to focus on things that were good today, 
or things that make you feel good today. Perhaps at the beginning you're not going to have three. But the more we practice it, the more you'll start noticing more things. The more you'll start prepping your brain to notice more good things about your day. Then I want you to think about what would make today better? What would have made today better? What could you possibly have done today in a different way that would have made it better? That's the first piece of journaling you do every night. Then I suggest to people they should pray. Pray, meditate. For me, as a Jewish rabbi, it's always been Shema before the bedtime. The same mantra we say every day during the day, we say at night. But we also add different elements to it. One of them is a prayer that asks us to forgive those who have transgressed against us, whether intentionally or not. It's in a traditional siddur, traditional prayer book. But if not, email us. We can find a way to send it to you. I also evoke different elements about my life that I would like for their energy, for their thoughts, for their values, for their prayers to be part of me as I go to bed. I think about my family, I think about my ancestors, I think about different elements that allow me to ask for a certain amount of insight, protection maybe, as I close my eyes. In traditional settings, and in fact in my life, those are the last words that I say before I close my eyes and go to bed. Because the next thing is when I wake up, I say a different prayer. I thank you, living and enduring sovereign, for you have graciously returned my soul within me. Great is your faithfulness. The traditional Jewish prayer of gratitude as we wake up. And in fact, the first piece of journaling is maybe a few things that you are grateful for. What are you grateful for? What makes you feel that you have something in your life at the moment? Then, what would make today great? Set some goals. What would be great today? Decide what would make you have a good feeling. What would make today a great day? And again, you might not think of the things that you need right at the beginning. Bringing that awareness will allow us to start seeing it. And then find an affirmation. What is your daily affirmation? What is today's affirmation? Is it that you matter? Is it that you have value? That you have intrinsic value? Perhaps today you need to remind yourself that you can do it. Perhaps for some people, it's just meaning I can get through it. But you need an affirmation, something you can go back to, something you can hold on to in that moment, something to breathe into, something to remind you today that you have value. So this is the routine, right? That's the routine that we check in. It's important, again, because it allows us to check in with our daily moods, our thoughts and thinking about how we live our life. It allows us to create a space where we routinely do the same thing and thus are able to observe ourselves in a much better way. So back to independence, right? We started with an inventory. 
we chose a routine to check in with our daily moods. We then thought about what do we care about? What truly matters to us? Now we are at a place of setting our goals. What are your goals? What would you like to be able to do? And then what is required to get there? And those can be all sorts of different parts of your life. Again, it could be money, it could be relationships, power, job, whatever it is. Without setting goals, without our ability to decide this is where I would like to go, we kind of meander and we go with how life moves us around. And the forces of life are very strong, many times stronger than us. And unless we know how to correct course, unless we know how to create those goals for ourselves, it is very difficult to get there. Many people are afraid to set goals because they're afraid to fail at them. I don't want to set goals because I said to myself, what if I don't reach it? I'll feel bad about myself. We are afraid to make goals because we don't know how to get there. What do I need in order to get there? And that's the second part of this. Do you need a coach? Do you need help? Do you need to have an investor? Do you need to get a loan? Do you need to ask somebody else to join you in your venture? All these things are terrifying things. And we much rather step back or fold back to what we have at the moment and say, ah, no, that's enough, rather than set goals for ourselves. But again, without goals, we cannot move forward. We merely move with the currents of life and our time. And that is not producing feelings of independence. If we go back to how we started, independence come when we decide something for ourselves, when we decide something for ourselves. The next thing that is part of independence is what are you learning? Are you creating space to learn, to grow, to know other things, to grow, to get to learn new things? They don't have to be about your job. They don't have to be about something that is for your career. But if you're not learning, if you're not enriching yourself, if you're not creating space to grow, to have a hobby, a craft, learning in a class, there's so many amazing classes these days, Zoom classes everywhere, not the least of which is the one that we offer at the Chuva Center um, on our website for Talmud. If you're not creating that space, you're not putting yourself in a mindset that allows you to think of new connections, new thoughts, and puts you again at the center. You wanna talk about independence? Independence means that you put yourself at the center of your experience, which you are, so that you can do more. That is, you get to decide what you know, how you act, how you feel, you get to decide what it is that you do with your life. But you have to make sure that you understand that you have that sovereignty, that you have that power to do it. So where are you creating spaces to learn? Then, are you being of service to yourself and to others? 
How can you take that learning, your experience, your kindness, your benevolence, your expertises, and helping somebody else? And it doesn't have to be major. For some, it's charity, just you can give money. For some, it's volunteering somewhere. For some, it's marching, protesting. For some, it's writing postcards to your elected official. For some, it's bringing a meal for somebody who cannot go and uh, either shop for themselves or cook for themselves. For some, it's just calling the elderly or people who are homebound and they're lonely. You have to be of service. Then where are you being held accountable? Who holds you accountable? If it's just you, it's not enough. We have a practice of the Truva groups, Thursdays, again, the Truva Center, you are invited. Where we help people hold themselves accountable. It's a group setting, but it doesn't have to be, of course. Where we allow ourselves to say, this is where I wanted to do this week and I didn't. This is what I said I would. Did I or did I not? Independence means that we are able to have a reckoning, again, a tally, a ledger of things I expended and things that I have gained, things that I said I would do and things that I actually did. Being independent means that I am accountable to myself and to people around me. Next step, how are you spending time to creating space for your soul to express itself? Very similar to learning, but a little different. That is, where do you find joy? Where do you find happiness? What's fun for you? It could be small. It could be your favorite sandwich at the shop, or it could be perhaps a, a walk by the ocean, it could be painting, it could be, I don't know, um, making your own chocolate. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of different things, but it could be all sorts of different things for yourself. What brings you joy? And those are the things you maybe should invest in, things that bring you joy. Don't confuse lust with joy. Don't confuse abandon with joy, but joy and fun playing basketball maybe on you know with a friend playing tennis that's a lot more responsible these days with covid than basketball but there are other ways to connect there are other ways that sort of can you bring you joy i know it's hard these days to actually do a lot of things that bring us joy um, with covid and with all the different things that are happening around but we should have a list in our head of things that bring us joy that are not just about um, others around us or things that we can do in a bar or a restaurant and maybe that's part of the work if you do only have those that happen in bars and restaurants I think it's time to work on things that bring you joy so the next thing is to really create opportunities for us to grow beyond uh, just surviving and thinking about thriving that is to create a space for ourselves where we are able to understand what do we need versus what we want Independence is about our ability to decide and our ability to exercise that sovereignty of what I need versus what I want. But creating those spaces of thriving 
can only happen when we acknowledge that what we need has been met. And those um, spaces allow us to really get us into a mindset of what I can enjoy, back to joy and back to things that make us happy, right? Or at least give us momentarily happiness. That allows us not just to understand, but to take real inventory of what are my basic needs, my emotional, spiritual, physical, basic needs, and what am I doing in order to go beyond that, and what helps me thrive. Again, you can write it down, you can um, create a spreadsheet, if you will, for your life, which leads me to my next point, which is budgeting. All these things that I've been talking about are direct results of a ledger, if you will, a budgeting of one's life, a budgeting of one's um, energy, one's spiritual energy, physical energy, a budgeting of money. Budgets are an incredibly important tool for gaining independence because they allow us to make better, more informed decisions. Budgeting allows us to see what we have and what we want and how to get there. Budgeting allows us to say, I can't afford this. And this is, again, not just about money, right? Many people talk about introverts and extroverts. And people think, I think I've talked about this before, people think that extroverts are just people who are gregarious and outgoing and they're the life of the party. And introverts sort of sit there or are in the back, sort of, you know, uh, um, not really engaging. That's not true. The, the difference between introverts and extroverts is more about how do they recharge their batteries. You can put two people, both an introvert and an extrovert, in the same party, and they could both be the life of the party. They can both be outgoing and social and telling jokes and being funny and really being the life of the party. The extroverts get that energy from the party and that jazzes them up. That recharges their battery, the, the laugh of the people around them, the interaction, the, the flirtation, all the different elements around sort of this, this uh, interaction allows them to charge their batteries so that when they go back home or when they are alone, they are charged and they can sort of use that energy for that. The introvert is the opposite. The introvert can do exactly the same thing as the extrovert does in the party, but now they need to rest or be alone to charge their battery to be able to do that again. So that is sort of the extrovert that the introvert have different elements of how they charge their batteries, not just how they act and interact. Why am I telling you this? Because when we think about budgeting, we have to talk about budgeting of energy as well. That is, if uh, an extrovert right, needs to have multiple people, that they need to make sure that throughout the week they have multiple places where they can interact so they can charge their batteries. Whereas the introvert needs to say, oh, I can only do that two nights a week or three times a week, and I need a loan time for the other things. That's a budgeting. And that can be true for money as is true for energy and spirituality. right? As a spiritual leader, I have to... Uh, help support a lot of people and part of my own budgeting is to see where do I then get recharged as well and that's important just as important as my finances which is also an incredibly important part of uh, independence of course because a lot of people don't budget they don't really understand how money can help them um, feel stronger and more secure 
So they either uh, hoard or they constantly have anxieties around it or they don't allow themselves to even have joy with some of the money they do have. Um, so when you budget, you really have to do it either with an expert or some of the apps. There's banks where I have these amazing apps these days, but to really understand how money works for you. And the only people who don't budget are people who, in fact, um, feel they don't have enough money to budget, to budget. Most of the people who are successful in the world, the rich, if you will, uh, budget very, very meticulously. Uh, it is unfortunately um, part of my observation that it's only people who feel they don't have money, uh, poor people, people who have less opportunities who feel they don't have to budget because they say like, what, what do I need to budget? I don't really have any money at the end of the week. But I think it is everybody who needs to budget, everybody who can benefit from, from budgeting. And then lastly, part of independence is taking a breath and listening. Do you listen to your body? Do you listen to what it needs? Exercise, food. Many times when we don't feel great, it affects, of course, our mood and our feeling that we are enslaved to something else, enslaved to a body. But the body tells you a lot of different things and you have to listen to it. And you have to treat it in a way that allows you to use it again as a tool for standing up, for telling your story. That's important. Without it, we are enslaved to um, whatever is happening to it if we again are not do not have a plan for it so you have to think about it so we just talk about 12 things that help us gain some independence some uh, insight into ourselves right an inventory uh, creating a routine for ourselves asking ourselves what truly matters setting goals creating spaces of learning creating our ability to be of service um, being accountable, um, spending time to listen to our soul and our inner life, to shape our narrative and tell our story, create opportunities to grow and thrive, not just survive, budgeting and what we spend and what we accumulate, and then lastly, our body, the experience that we have. Through all of this, right, there are a few elements that always come to our life. Through all of this, it may bring a lot of experiences for us. And in our tradition, right, we, we often understand that we have to be grateful and we have to bless God for, for the good. Right? We bless God, God of our understanding, whatever it is for you, for the good in our life. But we curse when we do not feel so good, when we feel that sort of the universe has not brought good upon us. But even when we have trouble and sorrow, part of our tradition asks, and part of our tradition sort of says to us, think about also blessing for that. That sort of in this idea of the Lord has given and the Lord has taken, and again, Lord, whatever it means to you, we have to acknowledge that there is always a checks and balances uh, in the universe. It is always a give and take in the universe. And we have to not just see ourselves through the lens of misery in what we don't have, 
but to look at our lives through a lens of what we do have. And sometimes that feels very artificial. Why would I bless for something that feels painful? But many times we don't know the blessings of that pain. Many times we don't know what that pain will bring us, what the lessons that it will bring us. Independence is about looking at our entire life, the entire sovereign life, and deciding how we respond rather than react. Deciding that when something happens to us, when we feel something, when something has occurred, we can react, maybe a knee-jerk reaction. But that is almost always wrong because what we need to is to choose how we respond. And that is part of independence. Being an adult, being a grown-up, being a person of insight means that we are not enslaved to our emotions, we're not enslaved to our addictions, we're not enslaved to what's happening to us, but we get to respond to it. We get to stand up and respond to who we are and respond to the universe that respects who we are. Thank you for joining us this week. Hope to see you again next week um, on Tattoos and Torah, of course, on all the different uh, platforms that have podcasts. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, Chuva Center, or on our website, chuvacenter.org, where you can find different ways to communicate with us, participate in the programming that we have, um, and just you know see what we're offering. We're offering a lot of different programs. Thank you again for joining us. I'm uh, Rabbi Iggy. Uh, you can find me at Not Your Rabbi on Instagram or IGLGM on Twitter. Thank you. Have a very good week.